We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Aaron Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams. He's got it! DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown. Hello and welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm joined as always by Sean Siegel, my co-host here on Rotoviz Overtime, co-host of the Stealing Bananas podcast, along with Ben Gretsch. Sean, we are into the off season. I guess we can say, and um, we're going to start looking ahead to some more best ball content. We will, of course, be talking through Dynasty, and we will be eventually starting to look into that redraft uh, circuit. But we also have the draft coming up. There's just so much to talk about. We can take the shows in so many different ways throughout the week. So I'm looking forward to seeing all the different topics that we um, chat about on the show. It's always a good time and hopefully the listeners are going to enjoy it. But Sean, best ball time, best ball rankings, and it's quarterback time. And uh, you're preparing an article that will be going up on the site uh, over the next day or so. And of course, the show coming out on, on Thursday, but... Uh, should be fun to talk through how the season finished and, and maybe where some of the values are at these guys at the quarterback position. Definitely. And as you mentioned, it is best ball time. We've got the never too early best ball tournament with the FFPC. And obviously you and I are back at it trying to uh, take down a tournament. We're going to do a draft sometime in the near future with Zachary Kruger, who I drafted with last year. We did a, a full draft show. It was a lot of fun. You did a best ball draft series with uh, really a, a how-to kind of a companion to the best ball workshop that I do on the site. And that was very successful. You're releasing some of those uh, kind of as we go through right now to refresh people on what we did there. It was exciting because one of the two teams that Zach and I drafted together did make the tournament portion of it, and then obviously the team that you and I drafted with Blair did very well. And one of the things that was a key element of that was the quarterback position. And the FFPC does have an F, uh, a best ball super flex format, and that one's a lot of fun. Blair and I played that in a number of leagues last year and did well again because the Roster Construction Explorer will really help you figure out ways to exploit those formats and just have you know such a big edge that if you can make solid picks with the players, you're going to be in good shape. But even most of the rest of the formats that are not super flex, there's a little bit more of a super flex-ish element to it in best ball 
because you do need to have multiple good quarterbacks, whereas in redraft, it is more possible, obviously, to start your top QB almost every week. And with the team that you and I and Blair had, that was Aaron Rodgers and Joe Burrow. Both of those guys were keys at different points. It wouldn't have worked without both of them. Both of those guys were drafted in the QB window, so that was a key element to it. But now as we start to put together our QB rankings and tiers, it does take on the type of urgency that you don't necessarily have for QB in redraft because of the particulars of this format. And so we'll start with the QB position today. And while QBs can sometimes get a little bit less attention than running back and wide receiver, obviously, you know, we're all very excited about those. They are the glamour positions in fantasy you know, you're going to win or lose your league in large part based on number one, your QB tactics, and then number two, your QB selection. So we want to get that right. Yeah, no, we definitely do. And thinking back, Sean, to last year, um, before we get into actual quarterbacks, you mentioned there the, the baseball podcast I did with Zachary Kruger. We will actually be debuting a new podcast feed for that show. It is the best basketball podcast. So that will be coming out uh, over the next week or so. And we are, as Sean mentioned, posting some of the shows from last year as we went through Basketball 101 and some of the, the tools on the site that can help you win those championships. They are being posted on the road of his main feed currently on a Monday. But we will be having a dedicated basketball podcast feed to post them on throughout the off season throughout the season so looking forward to getting that set up so when it does i will be mentioning it but if we can all hit that subscribe button on it would be much appreciated but sean we're looking at the quarterback tiers and we're starting off here with two of the true elite guys and josh allen and patrick mahomes obviously we kind of we know what they're all about but thinking back to this time last year something that i was doing a lot of my best ball drafts was in that kind of fifth sixth round range the value was a little bit flat and i was going for some of the quarterbacks there in hindsight that didn't work out in quite a few scenarios so it felt right at the time but obviously now we're into the situation where we're never afraid to admit where there may have been some gaps in in my strategy last year and how we're going to go ahead and you know make that a success this year so we're starting off with josh allen patrick mahomes i don't think there can be a huge argument for those two guys being number one and two but something you do talk about here is should josh allen be in a tier all of his own so looks like for a preview of the article looks like they are going to be a tier together but was it difficult to to make that decision if, if it was a, a tier break after one spot it's challenging i think to put anybody with allen right now because his combination of rushing and passing is so dominant but also just his expected points as a passer are up you know in the mahomes range and that means for mahomes to stick with him without that same level of rushing he has to outperform expectation as a passer by much more now we look at what they've done over the last two years allen leads the qb position over 27 points per game he's got a full point more than mahomes he had his first number one finish last year in 2021 uh, and that was despite losing five points per game off of his efficiency. So we know from you know our experience of the 2021 season, we were back more to normal after the pandemic of 2020. JJ on the episode where uh, he joined us mentioned a few of the reasons for that and why the quarterbacks dropped back off. But they dropped back off in a way that left the top guys still sort of in a class of their own, right? And so we have Alan there. 
then we look at Mahomes. It's interesting. Mahomes also falls off in terms of fantasy points over expectation, but he has four consecutive top five finishes. And we look at what he did from 2018 to 2020, and he was at least five and a half points above expectation as a passer in all three of those seasons. And so we talked about, well, what does he have to do to stick with Allen? And then we look at, well, he's very capable of doing that. And at any given year, having one of these seasons where uh, just absolutely explodes, right? So he was effective still in 2021, despite the fact that the Chiefs did go through some, not exactly growing pains, but the offense had to evolve, right? And they did that successfully, much more successful in the last five weeks of the season than they had been from a fantasy points over expectation perspective for Mahomes. And if they can add even just a little bit there, I mean, obviously there were lots of rumors connecting them to Odell Beckham. You know, we covered on a previous show why that is going to be a little bit trickier now. But if they can add, it doesn't even have to be a star. Someone who's another quality starter to this offense and Patrick Mahomes, I think, is back up in that range where in any given week he can win you the title. You mentioned that you had drafted some guys early and that didn't work. I didn't have much exposure to that range, but there certainly were teams that made it happen because the quarterback that we did see on a few teams in that final 12 was josh allen so not surprisingly with how well he performed but we do know that historically even when the qbs perform well the cost just makes it so that they still tend not to win leagues and it'll be interesting to see where we go with these two guys this season because they are going to be expensive again right they're going to fall right in that range where it's so tempting. You think of the first draft that Blair and I did here that we've talked about on the show and Mahomes and Allen went in the second half of the fourth round. And that's right in that range where you can start to convince yourself, okay, maybe it is flat. Maybe I don't have somebody else that I need. Maybe I know that historically this hasn't worked, but yet at the same time, you know, I don't want to be overly strict in terms of how I follow some of the guidelines of the best ball workshop. I don't want to, take the exact same kind of player that I would have taken in the fifth round in the fourth round at wide receiver or running back, and then not get those QBs essentially get a worse QB and the same caliber running back or wide receiver, if that makes sense. So if you feel like you're going to be swapping out very similar players at the wide receiver or running back position, then go ahead and splurge on that QB. If you think the QB will get you that gap. So that's kind of where we are with this top tier column. Are you on the same page with me here? I think these two guys are in a class of their own and yet the next two players are very legitimate threats to finish as the qb1 as well and if they do obviously you're not going to pay quite as much yeah there's a situation where like even thinking back to last year both those guys were in the mix and that range but the next two players we're going to talk about were in that range with dak prescott in that range so there was a lot of players with high upside and the russian ability mixed in there as well the next two players in tier to our Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. Both of those guys season, you know, a little bit derailed by injury at different spots. And um, so they didn't hit the heights that we were hoping to have. So like I'm saying, you know, things didn't work out last season for picking players in this range, but then, you know, Lamar Jackson and, and Kyler Murray missed games. If they come back and have a healthy season this year, you know, there's obviously a lot more chance that it pays off if they're, they're healthy and playing. They are players for me, particularly Lamar, who fits into a bracket where he probably would have been going a couple of rounds later in previous 
you know iterations of draft formats you know if we go back like three four years even player who mainly you know until we started looking at the rushing ability of quarterbacks it became more popular and moved him up but i do think that in this point i think tier two is fair for them the guys like in when we get i think where the real break sean for me comes is tier one and two are pretty close in certain elements tier three and tier two are certain close in certain elements i think when we get to tier four then i think that's where there's the gap starts to happen um, and there's two young guys coming up that we'll touch on in tier three in a couple of moments but uh kyler murray lamar jackson i think are, are right there behind mahomes and allen and um, i just think that there's going to be that little bit of a discount on them as well based on on how this season went but there is a clear gap to tier one there and then uh, jackson and murray you have lamar jackson ahead of kyler i think that's quite interesting because i personally would probably flip them slightly you know into the other order there's not much between it but what was some of the reasoning between uh you know making that decision to have jackson just ahead of uh, of murray there well it's interesting because jackson goes at the 502 in our draft where murray does slide all the way to us at the 701 and so we were able to get a much better deal and i think that that part of it was important you know for that draft obviously you're not going to see the same thing in every draft clearly the interesting thing about Jackson is if we look over the last three seasons, mentioned over the last two, obviously, Josh Allen at number one over the last three, Lamar Jackson would be number one with over 26 points per game. And then if you just look even at last year and you exclude the week 14 partial game where he leaves with an injury, then his 25.6 point per game would have ranked second to Allen last season. So, I mean, he's up there and he's at over seven rush EP per game over the last three seasons so he's really the guy who brings just this immense value as a rusher and then last season one of the things that was kind of cool is that we get to see him more as a passer and in a pass oriented offense and the way that he was able to thrive and make those passes he's an excellent deep ball thrower he's got targets who can succeed in that area I mean, the ravens now have a lot of weapons on offense you've got marquise brown who can get behind anybody you have rashad bateman who looks like he'll probably be the top overall wide receiver there you have mark andrews who actually may be the best tight end you know receiving tight end in the nfl i mean it's going to give travis kelsey a run for his money at this point and so we're looking at this as an offense that can do so many different things it's more or less a matter of can he stay healthy and that's the exact same question that we're looking at with kyler murray right in the article kind of breaking down rounds five through nine and you know previewing or profiling our picks obviously murray was the pick you know he ranks just behind mahomes and allen over the last two years but he could have had massive campaigns right both of those years he gets injured mid-season and the pre-injury and post-injury splits are so huge and they really do sort of prejudice to think of him as not being what he actually was right the pre-injury injury split in 2020 is 32 and a half points per game right I, just, that just blows away what you're going to get from any other player post-injury then down there around 19. in 2021 the splits weren't quite as large but they're still significant 26.4 before 21.3 after and so when we're looking at this now the big question i think with both of these guys lamar jackson obviously bigger but still a more slender type of player than josh allen but 
the question that we have to ask for all of them is can they stay healthy and how much risk are we taking on when we draft somebody who runs and so part of that will be a question of okay if we're going to draft across multiple teams then we're probably more comfortable with it and just assume that we'll benefit from the guys who do stay healthy and at least to an extent you're going to have to write off those teams where they don't and or those are going to have to be three qb drafts as opposed to two qb drafts but kyler it's just almost entirely a matter of health now maybe a matter of health and a matter of uh football character or however you want to kind of frame that that the cardinals are not in the best of shape in terms of some of the things that are coming out behind the scenes right now people are questioning murray's willingness to do a variety of things i think that that's probably not that relevant for you as a fantasy participant if anything i think this is going to give kingsbury and murray and the front office a lot of incentive to and get the receiving core together that he needs for him to get out there this summer and really work and come back and fix some of those things. One of the things that we saw in the first half of the season is that it seemed like Murray had finally really taken a step forward as a passer, and then you get a little bit of an injury from him, which obviously is going to hurt. If you don't have your mobility, you can't plant off your legs the same way. You're not going to be as confident. You're not going to be as accurate. But then you also lose DeAndre Hopkins. And the question becomes, you know, how much of it was just having a star wide receiver? Because once you had to do it without that guy, you know, you looked bad. And so that's where some of the frustration comes to is that he feels like he didn't have enough to work with. At the same time, the team is like, you know, you were the number one overall pick. You know, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, those guys are not out there complaining that they don't have the weapons. I mean, they they get the job done. And so we do have the elite quarterbacks who are complaining you know the mvp was always complaining but and you know kyler murray would probably say look you know josh allen has stefan diggs and patrick mahomes has multiple guys you know who's my guy if deandre hopkins isn't out there but i mean these four guys i think that you have to more or less target the least expensive one in drafts and then try and get a little bit of diversification like i mentioned if you're in a flat spot and you can grab one of those top two guys earlier in a lot of ways i think that you know we're being given a gift if we can get a decent price on jackson or murray because without the injuries they would be in that top tier and maybe at the top of that tier and so you almost have to take the risk because the scoring upside is just so significant compared to what you can get from other players Hey, this is Dave Cabin from the Rotoviz flagship podcast. I wanted to let you know that the podcast you are listening to right now is sponsored by BetterHelp. And I can speak from personal experience and tell you that if you or someone you love is struggling with depression, they're dealing with anxiety, talking to somebody about it can make a huge difference. And that's what BetterHelp does. Within 48 hours of signing on with BetterHelp, they'll match you with a professional therapist. These therapists have a broad range of expertise that might not be available where you live. This is a worldwide service that's easy to use, allows you to get matched with a therapist that you can communicate with. You can send messages, get thoughtful responses. You can even schedule weekly video or phone sessions. You can talk through anything that you need and BetterHelp is committed to facilitating therapeutic matches that can give you all of the benefits of traditional offline therapy. They want you to start living a happier life today. And I believe that talk therapy is one of the ways that you can do that. 
visit their website, www.betterhelp.com forward slash reviews to hear and read some of their testimonials. Again, you're going to want to visit BetterHelp, Better H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And we have a special offer for Rotoviz listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash Rotoviz. Can't recommend how important and how helpful talk therapy can be. So please check it out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You did touch on it a minute ago, but, you know, the situation around Murray seemed to kind of get a little bit lighter around the Super Bowl. You know, sometimes that's when news tends to drop. You also mentioned uh, Aaron Rodgers, who Sean just loves to have shots at. I love even editing Stealing Bananas now. I'll, I just I chuckle along as I, I hear the, the random shots being thrown out. But uh, in terms of Rodgers, the speculation around, say, his career, he shows up later on in the chart. But we also have, like, you know, some speculation around the likes of Russell Wilson, you know, somebody like Ryan Tannehill, where there's reports that Rogers could have went to Tennessee, although that looks like that might have, uh, you know, quietened down. But then we have Kyler Murray and that news. How do you factor that in at this point? You're making that risk in there. And obviously, I think if you have a tiebreaker, it's going to break the tie. But the likes of Murray at the moment with the news around him, the likes of Aaron Rodgers, are, are, are you bumping those guys down? Are you projecting where you think the likes of Rodgers will be or, or how are you um, selecting those picks? Yeah, I've got projections for where I think the most likely landing spots are. Uh, Rodgers is really probably the guy where we do have some question and where it could hurt him to go somewhere else, right? There are some depth charts that wouldn't be as strong. There is the scenario that he ends up moving and isn't able to get Devontae Adams with him, right? I think that we're all kind of assuming, and, and they've kind of talked about it, and they've expressed a strong desire to be together in the next location, but they also Apparently. both... Apparently. 
Right. And so you have this situation where it's going to be expensive, right? They want to be together, but you've got to take into consideration what the teams could legitimately do. And so, I mean, Aaron Rodgers to move is going to take significant compensation from that team. And Devontae Adams to sign is going to take significant compensation. And you don't get the impression that, you know, either player is going to do something to make that easier. They're basically saying, look, we're good enough that there is a team out there that's going to be willing to pay all of that. And that is likely true, I think, because they are that good. And yet... The other part that nobody's talking about at the moment is that Devontae Adams is going to at minimum be franchise tagged. So then you're going to also have to trade picks to get Adams and then pay him. So I think like, I, I don't think it, I think if they're together, it's going to be in green Bay. I don't think they're going to be together anywhere else. Um, so you're not buying the uh, fantastical trade scenarios that. Like you swap two to three first round picks to get Rogers. And then you're going to have to give it up. It should be more, but at least one first round pick to get, um, Adams off a franchise tag to then pay him a contract. So, like, you're in a situation where teams just don't have that haul of picks to give up and the money then to go with it. I think that that's true. At the same time, I guess from the Green Bay Packers perspective, you're asking another team to make a pretty serious mistake because even if you franchise tagged Adams, in order for him to sign on with a new team, I mean, he's asking for quarterback money, right? So he's asking for the type of compensation that essentially makes his draft pick value zero. It's a little bit like the situation that bizarrely the Baltimore Ravens handled so poorly back with Joe Flacco, where you know they were going to have to pay Flacco so much money, and they're like, okay, we're going to give the exclusive franchise tag because we don't want someone to go out there and be able to offer us or, or put ourselves in a situation where we would get multiple first round picks for Joe Flacco. And you're like, you don't want multiple first round picks and to not have to pay Joe Flacco. You prefer to have zero picks and to pay Joe Flacco more than he's worth. See, that part of it doesn't make sense. And so anytime, and it's kind of the thing about the free agent market as well, is that anytime that someone has signed a new free agent deal. They signed with the team out of the 32 that wants them the most. And so by virtue of that, they then have negative trade value, right? Everybody else in the NFL wants them less than that. And so you should actually have to give picks in order to acquire that player at that point or to divest yourself of that player. It's kind of the situation that, you know, the Indianapolis Colts now have with Carson Wentz, for example. And so from that perspective, the situation I think with the Packers is maybe a little bit more nuanced in that, yeah, they can use the franchise tag and they can create problems for both of these guys in terms of escaping, and they should. I mean, it wouldn't make sense for their organization to not employ those things. At the same time, I don't necessarily think that the compensation has to be out of this world because both of those guys are going to be paid so much that it does neutralize a lot of the theoretical trade value. And so I guess I think that there are scenarios where that would work out. I think that because the Broncos somewhat absurdly paid both Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, they almost now need to get rid of 
either Jerry Judy or KJ Hamler and Albert O or at least two out of the three. And so from that perspective, they actually have guys who have played in the NFL and, you know, maybe they still have some growing to do, but I would certainly think that Jordan Love would benefit from having those guys right away. And, you know, then you get some picks as well. So I can see a situation to Denver. Most of the other scenarios look a lot more complicated. I don't think there's any path to Tennessee. And so I'm not, you know, worried about that for Ryan Tannehill, for example. You know, but but you say that and some of these paths that you didn't see any because it didn't make sense. The NFL teams are like, it doesn't have to make sense. We can still do it. So uh, that part of it is interesting. But from a ranking these guys perspective, from a tier perspective, I do have the third tier as Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. I think these two guys are going to be the clear young stars from a pocket passer perspective. Herbert actually gave some decent value as a runner. I think that his weapons will probably be upgraded. Obviously, Joe Burrow will come back and will do all the things that we've been talking about. I mean, we don't need to go into him anymore. But then we drop down to the fourth tier, and it's a bigger tier finally. And the first person in that tier is Aaron Rodgers. Do you like him at the top of that tier if he's anywhere other than Green Bay? Yeah, I think I've always said that Rodgers is a better NFL quarterback than a fantasy quarterback, and that has been the case in the majority of his seasons in terms of fantasy points and some of the players then that are in this tier i think the upside could be higher um i'm sometimes reluctant to like uh, the the roger situation at the moment feels like it's not just two options of green bay or another team it does feel like there is a legitimate possibility that he could retire as well so in those situations, I would be factoring in the possibility that that could happen. So obviously, we've even seen this past week that there's, you know, the Buccaneers seem like they're still hoping that Tom Brady comes back. But, you know, Tom Brady was being drafted in around this range, um, you know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago before that news broke. So we'll see what happens there as well. I think just some of the other options that are in this range with the Russian upside make them... A little bit more intriguing as targets and i think the, obviously i think they'll be a little bit cheaper as well with rogers having won the mvp so i would be dropping down into the next couple of guys in this list and uh you know somebody like dak prescott who i mentioned i was targeting last year then you have hearts in that range i think the two guys that really intrigue me in this tier sean are, are justin fields and trey lance and i know we talked about trey lance a lot last year because we had him on that main event team and <laughs> we were debating what what to do as he didn't play all season but i think uh you know if he's going as the the quarterback 12 or 13 i think there could be a really interesting uh spot for him there to to really outshine what people are expecting from him so i i think lance and fields um heading into year two although Fields has more experience. I think they're the the really interesting targets in this tier. Um, what are your thoughts on, on those guys or some of the other? Is there anyone else that stands out for you in that tier as a target? Well, Russell Wilson could definitely have a bounce back season, and he's someone where I think regardless of where he goes, you have to be fairly comfortable that it's not going to be much worse than what the Seahawks have. And, and you say that, and it can always get worse because you do have – do you think he'll go somewhere else, or do you think you said where he goes will be better than Seattle? But like he could still be there in Seattle. We thought this last offseason too. I I guess I do think that he goes this year, and I don't. 
I don't have him in any leagues. I'm not a big Russell Wilson fan. I don't have anything for or against the Seahawks. So I'm not emotionally tied up in that in any way. But it, it would be kind of fun to see him somewhere else. Now, you know, you move to a different team and you don't necessarily have DK Metcalf. You don't have Tyler Lockett. And we think of those guys as different receivers, but both good vertical receivers in their own way. We know a lot of that is going to be tied actually to Wilson. And so there is some sense that he's more going to elevate whichever receivers he gets to play with next season, as opposed to suffer from losing Lockett and Metcalf. But those, those guys are good, right? Lockett has been good for a long time. Metcalf is one of the NFL's true physical specimens from the perspective of they're just there's almost no one like him you're not going to have a dk metcalf size speed player on the new team that you go to right unless somehow you know he were to get in there with tennessee and push out ryan Tannehill, uh which again is not something that i am anticipating at all ryan Tannehill, as jj mentioned is a very good target and someone that people should be drafting in their leagues it's interesting here i had justin fields and trey lance in a tier of their own below these established guys because we've already seen hurts basically do what fields and lance you know what we're hoping for from them the dak prescott is is a player that i'm having a hard time getting behind but even in the last season where he didn't perform particularly well and i think the cowboys were disappointed with both amari cooper and cd lamb his performance was in a range where it will work and if they were to fix some of those problems then you're looking at him bouncing back and potentially being not exactly a league winner but very much impact player matthew stafford you know we've seen what we can get from him and so you're taking on a lot more risk dropping down to fields and lance but i did in the end move them back up into this tier because i think they can be jalen hurts plus right they have the big arms they have the elite rushing ability the things that people were saying about trey lance going into last year are no longer probably the most likely outcome but they're still within the range of outcomes there's still this small possibility that he could you know essentially be lamar jackson and josh allen and cam newton or at least the some elements of that if not like the high-end version of all of those guys right but you bring into play the big arm he's got the great weapons he's got the size and but size with some speed there to break some big runs as well he's got the touchdown scoring ability from close and when you put all of those things together with an elite play caller and offensive schemer then you're looking at a scenario here where these guys very quickly would be up into that tier with Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. And I think that you have to take that risk and have that upside, especially when right now they're still in a price range that is very favorable for what you want to do, not just in any kind of scenario where you always want the cheaper guys, but trying to get inexpensively priced guys in the QB window, they're perfect for you. Yeah, and I think uh, there's going to be a lot of talk over the next couple of weeks sean we'll be diving into more best ball stuff we'll be talking through some of these guys where they are selected in actual drafts and then we can kind of compare but i i agree with you on that kind of jalen hurts plus for some of those guys and i think it'll be interesting to see if wilson does move like you mentioned lockett and metcalf there's not many better one-two combinations in the nfl at the wide receiver position so it's hard to find a better spot but then we'll see is that i think there'll be some musical chairs 
this offseason. Um, you know, we've already seen the news of Carson Wentz and all the situation with the Colts. So we'll see some things move around. Looking forward to seeing what happens in the next couple of weeks. We'll be reacting to it on the show. The rest of the tiers will be up on the website uh, over the coming days, and Sean will be sharing some thoughts on the players involved in those. But uh, it's interesting because we'll, we'll be talking on Saturday's show with some later round values in best ball um, from kind of the, the double-digit rounds on, and we may feature some of the uh, quarterbacks in that as well. Sean mentioned Ryan Tannehill, who is in the later tier, who JJ mentioned as a, a good target for 2022. So all that coming up over the coming weeks, we'll be talking about some of those best ball late round values on Saturday show. We did talk a little bit about, not necessarily the Super Bowl, but how great the season overall, including the postseason in the Super Bowl, was for Cooper Cup. That was on Tuesday's show. Um, that was a, a fun show. We talked some dynasty values as well for players like T. Higgins and Cam Akers. So check that one out if you haven't already. So that'll be our third show of the week coming out on Saturday. Sean and Ben had Stealing Bananas on Wednesday. Great show. Really enjoyed listening to that. Check that out if you haven't already. Make sure you are subscribed to all the Rotoviz podcast feeds. Get them all once they come out. I know the flagship show is posting three times a week. Sean and Ben are usually up two times a week and we have three shows a week as well and they come up on the individual feeds sometimes up to 12 hours earlier than on the uh, main feed as well so make sure you subscribe there check out the road of his youtube channel hit that subscribe button there as well and uh, until we're back on saturday we will leave it there for this one my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland and my co-host as always is sean siegel check out sean's work including what we talked about on today's show up on rotoviz.com and until we're back have a good one thank you for listening to overtime on rotoviz radio please rate and review the rotoviz radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at rotoviz radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to rotoviz with a discount through the rotoviz radio homepage rotoviz.com forward slash podcast <laughs>